Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in AMD. Thank you. All right, jumping into earnings. Uh, it is Indigenous Peoples Day uh, on Monday, uh, but the stock market will be trading as usual. However, there are no earnings on Monday. Um, not really too much on Tuesday or Wednesday, uh, but before open on Thursday, there's Delta, BlackRock, and the most important stock I think that's reporting this week is TSMC. Um, and then Friday before open, you have a whole bunch of banks actually reporting at the same time, which is not usual, um, but it is thematic uh, for all the banks to report on the same day on Friday. Uh, that's J.P. Morgan Chase, Morgan Stanley, Citibank. Uh, you also have United Health Group. There's Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank Corp., First Republic Bank. Um, so, lots of finance, financial data to be coming out on Friday. But the main stock that I think a lot of people will be looking at will be TSMC. TSMC is the chip manufacturer company hosted in Taiwan, um, and you know. They make a lot of NVIDIA's chips, they make a lot of uh, AMD's chips, and what they say in their forecast, guidance, and everything will make a significant impact on the chips uh, stocks uh, for that day. Uh, this is primarily coming off of a um, hunch because this last Friday, um, let, you know, just the Friday that we just had, uh, AMD went down almost 14%, 13.87%. NVIDIA was down 8%, uh, and Intel was down 5.37%. This was off of the back of AMD giving like a warning that uh, lessening demand for their chips is going to impact their uh, their their revenue, basically. So uh, it's something to look out for on how TSMC kind of, you know, words their guidance, if they take it down, if they reissue new guidance, if, you know, what they decide to do is going to make a big, big impact on AMD and NVIDIA because as far as I can see right now, the stock price for, at least for AMD, is at the very top of the pre-COVID peak. So before COVID, we have actually been at the price that we're at right now, but just at the very, very peak. Just quickly, we're just quickly clicking through. We have a bit of ways to go uh, for uh, Nvidia. Nvidia is trading at around like seventy-eight dollars uh, pre-COVID. Uh, right now, it's still at one twenty, and this is, of course, uh, accounting for the split that they had. Um, and Intel. Let me just quickly see here. Intel, twenty twenty, like February area. Yeah, they actually have not just been doing well like at all um, compared to what they've been at previously. We're actually below 2017 levels for Intel, which is actually crazy. Wow, we're, we're really far back. In Intel is basically trading, I would say, at like the average price back in 2014, dating like all the way back to 2003. Like disregarding dividends wow this is insane like disregarding dividends uh intel was this price right now in 2003 that's crazy like if anyone's if anyone is uh a chip or a semiconductor you know 
stock trader, you should definitely take a look at Intel's uh, monthly graph on the 20-year chart. Like this is, this is insane to me. Uh, I haven't been keeping up with Intel in quite a while. I'll probably do some digging and see why it's down so low. I have to look at their P&E ratio. Let me see, uh, Intel, INTC stock. Wow, their P&E ratio is 5.5. That's nuts. That's less than Micron, right? Yeah, that's less than Micron. And right now, Intel pays a 5.68% dividend. That's a lot. Like, that's more than Johnson & Johnson. Like, that's more than Target, you know? Like, th that's not a laughable dividend yield for such a tech-focused company. Like, they make chips. So, yeah, I'm actually just gonna put that on my to-do list right now. Maybe I'll have a follow-up. I know I've made some episodes highlighting some, like, pros and cons of Intel before, but maybe I make that again from a dividend uh, standpoint. Because, really, like, this seems... This seems kind of nuts. Um, wow. Dude, AMD... AMD was at 23 bucks in 1997 and it's trading at 25 bucks right now. That's that seems not fair uh, in my opinion, but we'll see. We'll see. There I mean there has to be something that I'm not understanding. I'll take time to understand that and I'll report some of it next week. Okay, um, just some personal life stuff. Um, just want to get this out of the way. I competed in a jiu-jitsu tournament today. Um, it started at nine o'clock, just got home like six right now. I picked up Chipotle on the way home. Um, and it's waiting for me for after this podcast. Um, I went zero and two and there was like a whole bunch that led up to this moment, right? Like I've been training like an entire like month. Um, I'm a blue belt now and this is a jujitsu tournament. Uh, and there's five belts. So I'm like the second from the bottom, I suppose, if you look at it that way. Um, you know, I train pretty hard, like all the time. Uh, you know, it's it's definitely relative, but to me, I like push myself all the time. But I pushed myself self extra hard this last month, um, and you know, I had to cut weight to make this division. I weighed one fifty five pounds, one hundred fifty five pounds. I made weight um, to get into this bracket, uh, and I went zero and two. Uh, I feel like I learned a lot. Usually, when I lose. I feel like, wow, that person was much stronger than me, that person was much better than me, but this time I feel much better um, because I feel like the things that I could have done better, I just could have done. It, there was nothing that was like on my opponent's game that really like threw me for a loop and I was like, whoa, you know, like I'm just getting beat up here. I felt like I had a chance the entire time, I just couldn't execute. And I mean, I think this is like the best analogy that I can kind of uh, put against the stock market for anyone that's trading right now. And it's like, you can do all this prep, you could do all this due diligence, you could do everything you possibly can. And then the market could slap you in the face with a pre-announced like, hey, you know what, we're not gonna meet uh, this quarter's guidance. And then it's gonna cause the stock to tank like 14%. I don't talk about AMD. Right? Like you can't time stuff. There's things that are out of your control, but you can do things to make it hurt less, like prepare. 
If you lose after doing all the preparation you can and you know you tried your best, I really can't be upset about like anything past that. Otherwise, that's just like wasted energy, right? So, um, especially for me, um, for uh, jujitsu, I know exactly what to train on and what I want to get better at. Um, like this next month, I'm gonna be focusing on a lot of like uh, passing, uh, work some work on some of my wrestling. Um, otherwise, my guard retention was pretty good. But yeah, enough of the jujitsu stuff. This um, this month, uh, definitely gonna be observing to see like what looks starts to look oversold. Uh, I've been really hesitant on getting back in to AMD. My re-entry so far has not looked great. Um, I am, I my cost basis on my new AMD entry um, without premium included, because I don't have that number right in front of me right now, is $67. Right now, AMD is at 58. And I only have 200 shares. Um, and I only say only uh, because I have uh, like a 200K portfolio. Um, but uh, yeah. The fact that you know, I only have 200 shares invested now instead of you know, I previously had 500. Sometimes I had 600 shares of AMD, but I sold out earlier in the year, realizing a loss, and now I'm sitting at like an 8% down um, from for the year. So I'm still beating SPY. I'm still beating QQQ, which makes me feel okay. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna try to force it. I'm just gonna see where AMD uh, starts to settle. And that's why I'm starting to, um, or not starting to, uh, but that's why I'm so excited for TSMC's earnings. Uh, because there's a lot that we still don't know just about how uh, people are going to be like taking on like the newer chips, especially like Nvidia's 40 series chips, like their GPUs. Um, AMD has a competitive chip that's gonna be priced more aggressively uh, you know, with today's climate, maybe people actually end up wanting just AMD's power um, because it's good enough, but it's not the best, but it's good enough. We'll see. Um, other than that, uh, I'd say like right now I'm pretty spooked about just getting into like a fintech, which is which is why I've been like really hesitant on getting back into PayPal. Um, Coinbase slash crypto. To me, crypto has been pretty stable. I mean, I don't know if they're gonna start the next leg down soon, uh, or if it's just gonna trade flat. But it's been trading flat for a pretty long time with Ethereum here at like thirteen hundred, like the like the low thirteens, um, and Bitcoin's like steady at like nineteen point five and twenty k. So you know, it's just being observant, I guess. Like I'm definitely not trying to rush anything or play uh, like some timing plays or like long naked puts or something because I have really, really bad times with those. Um, and definitely, I think weed stocks have gotten really popular to trade on Wall Street bets. And the, you know, when, it get, when something gets popular there, you definitely don't want to be too involved with it, unless if it's just for fun, you know, it's fun to partake in things like that. But if you're really trying to get a hold of your profit loss for the year and you know, try to make it out like alive with like high volume trading, you know, Wall Street bets shouldn't be your first place to look. It's definitely fun. Lots of cool ideas there. Some really dangerous, but some also really cool. Um, yeah, you want to be you want to be mindful of what you're doing.
Today's episode is going to be sponsored on an email that I got from a good friend, f- friend, uh, good friend named Zach uh, in my email. Uh, it's titled, uh, It Happened, I Got Got. I'm going to quickly read the email, try to get through it uh, without stuttering or fumbling my words too much, and then I'll take a break uh, and then you know gather my thoughts and then go from there. So it reads, Hey Junie. Uh, I think it finally happened to me. To provide a bit of background, my long-standing strategy has been to sell short naked puts on broad market ETFs. Uh, this gives me additional delta exposure to the market and positive exposure to theta. My thesis is that by giving myself leveraged exposure to the market over the long term, uh, my portfolio will outperform the market so long as the market on average trends upwards. This is better than owning shares on margin because I do not pay margin interest and I get to profit from theta decay. Since my underlying bet is on the broad market and not on any individual stock, I don't have to worry about a stock dropping 70% and never coming back, uh, thinking about IBM or Kodak. I realize that selling naked puts is somewhat controversial, but I sleep easy knowing that I'm betting on the entire stock market and not an individual ticker. At some point, I made the decision to expand the strategy to individual stocks. I was, and still am, bullish on AMD, and I opened one naked put on AMD in early 2021. I opened at the 15 Delta strike 45 days out, and my strategy was roll on the week of expiration. If AMD happened to go up, I would roll up to the 15 Delta strike. If AMD could happen to go down that month, I would roll down and out to whatever strike I could get 45 days out without having to pay a premium. This was going well and near the end of the year. I made the decision to open another naked put position. I knew I shouldn't do it, but I did it anyways. I had already broken my rule of only selling puts on broad market ETFs, and now I was deciding to double down on breaking my one golden rule again. As well as you all know, AMD took a dump in early 2022, and I have been pinned with one put at the 125 strike and another at the 140 strike. I rolled both puts out as far as I could to 2024 to maximize the intrinsic value in these two positions and reduce the likelihood of assignment. As AMD trended further and further down, I knew that the likelihood of one of my uh, puts uh, getting assigned early was likely. Today, the inevitable happened and my 140 put got assigned, leaving me with a negative margin balance of about minus 13.8K. Luckily, I had planned for this and I've been putting half of my premiums into a total market bond ETF to act as a ballast in case I ever get assigned so that I could sell these shares to cover part of my margin balance. I sold all of the bond ETF shares and sold the AMD shares back to the market to bring my margin balance down to 3.8K. I've replaced this AMD position with a short put uh, on another ETF, returning my strategy to only selling puts on broad market ETFs. I still have one remaining AMD put at the 125 strike, which will likely be assigned with how deep in the money AMD has moved. While I'm still bullish on AMD, I realized that I'm not willing to wait for the stock price to catch up with the valuation that I believe AMD will grow into. Overall, the losses that I expect to realize this year for my AMD positions come out to $9,438 when adding up all the AMD trades, both stocks and option trades in the, my Theta Gain account. This comes to 
be about 3.5% of my total portfolio, which isn't terrible, but 9.4K is still a big chunk of money regardless. All of this could have been avoided if I had just stuck with my plan. I'm going to do some introspective thinking in the next few days about my thought process that got me here, any remaining positions in individual stocks that I have, and how to best exit them. Only broad market ETFs from now on. I just needed to get this off my chest and typing all of this out for another human to read has really helped me get my thoughts in order and think through a clear action plan on what to do next. Thanks, Junie. Zach. Dang. So there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I think first and foremost, I just want to say that, um, you know, Zach's, Zach's, Zach's a really cool guy. I know his head is between his shoulders. Uh, and I know he's a pretty responsible uh, trader just in general. So that first and foremost, it, that, that's that. This isn't just some random person that's like just starting dating and trades for their first time and randomly just choosing AMD. Um, so uh, next point, I also want to say, I I guess it's relative here too. If you feel like you got got, you you got got. But to me, maybe it's from my Wall Street bets days, like going down three point five percent on a trade like that's that's nothing like i wish i could be like a, have a warren buffett moment right here and just be like you know just, you know money is money and you, you can't afford to do things like this this is dumb blah blah, blah. but hey you paid 3.5 percent of your portfolio to solidify a strategy you said that you're probably only going to do um broad market etfs from now on and you paid 3.5 percent of your portfolio to commit to that strategy i'd say that's pretty it's pretty cheap some people listening might be like oh well, that's copium but man you've already lost the 3.5 percent uh but it's what you do with it that really matters you you prepped you did everything that you need to do you came in with a strategy but it didn't work you know a lot of people trading um semiconductors are getting got and i'd say this is definitely a very vanilla version of getting got so um there's that. Another thing that I kind of want to point out that could be an example uh, for everybody uh, else that's listening. So Zach mentioned that he um, sold puts. He sold puts on AMD at two particular strikes, at 140 and at 125. I'm not going to critique on whether or not that was good timing or um, whether or not you know AMD was supposed to go up from there or go down from there. That I think is very just, you know, you, you, you're either right or you're not. And, you know, people saying that, oh, it, it, you had to know it was going to go down or you had to know it was going to go up. That's, that type of advice doesn't work because that is so based on like retrospective thinking. What you, what you could think about here is how good of a situation or how much better of a situation this could have been if we never rolled in the first place. Of course, this has to do a lot with uh, your date to expiration. If your put you've committed to is about a year, um, then maybe rolling can be seen as like your only choice. Um, where, uh, you know, if you kept your date to expiration shorter, you would be able to say, for example, get assigned, accept assignment, and then start co selling covered calls as soon as possible. Um, back when AMD was trading at 140, um, 
yeah, there was a huge drop off in price, especially at 120 as well. So you didn't have that much time to react, whether or not it was, let me see, a week long, 40. Yeah, most, most whips down got you stuck in about a week. So, you know, if I were to just continue on saying like, you know, my bits of wisdom here, then I would be implying that you should have been selling um, cash secured puts that are basically a week long which I don't think are really worth it in my opinion. Like I'd rather just buy the shares at that point and go from there. But uh, for, I mean, especially for the amount of premium that you got. But if you committed to an entire year um, during that sort of volatile time when we were going up and down, I'd say that's like a bad move. Like for example, right now, um, it's hard to say when, when this bleeding will stop. But when times are really volatile, I get my date to expiration shorter. My typical date to expiration is like 21 days. Like that's my favorite like sweet spot, like three weeks. Um, but now, uh, especially with covered calls, I'll write them for like the same week or the, the very next Friday. Uh, because I don't want to be stuck in any sort of position uh, right now. Which has proved to work a good bit in my favor so far for the year. Um, but... I mean, we'll see. We'll see where that ends up happening. But if you have the intention of selling a longer dated cash secured put, right now is definitely not the time to like really bet on that. Um, just because we don't know where the bottom is, and if you're um, if you're signing up to say not only catch the bottom but like catch it and have the knife just keep on falling you're just selling the cover or you're just selling the naked put or the cash secured put um and not only are you going to have a really bad basis uh but you're not going to be able to sell cover calls on it until you get assigned right or until you're done rolling if you decide to roll so during volatile times um be wary of opening date to expirations that are longer you know, you, you hear a lot, of, a lot of examples where if you buy or sell with more time, you have more time to be correct. But I'd say you, the, the opposite is also true. Like you, you're also going to be wrong longer, especially if it just keeps on going that direction. Um, it's easier to say longer date to expiration is better for when we're in like a bullish environment. Like we were from like, you know, basically basically 2016 to like 2019 and then we took a very small pause during covid and then we just like kept on going like full speed on ahead uh, up until now so like a lot of advice that a lot of people are hearing or that have heard that recently joined were was advice that was like given during this very bullish environment now is the time to really start taking note on you know Maybe this isn't your um, your first uh, volatile like moment in time or in trading, but what are you gonna do the next time, right? Say for example, we make it out okay of this, uh, we buy some of the dip and then it starts correcting, and we're we're doing fine. Maybe the stock stock starts to trade like sideways, but we're not crashing anymore, and then we start melting upwards, and the stock market usually goes up. You know all that all that oogla oogla boogla. What are you going to do? the next time you know the next time this sort of like downwards movement happens 
you know, you have to remember what you're feeling now and you know what you're doing now, so that next time that this starts, this sort of feeling starts to happen, you can trade better because you have the same context. You're gonna be like light years ahead of anyone that's gonna be joining in this like next bull run because you know they might get overzealous, over carried away. Um, but then you're going to know next time, like, hey, we start gapping down heavily. You know, I'm not gonna rush to commit to a cash secure put right away. Meanwhile, you know, Bob or Alice that just learned how to stock trade maybe like a few months ago. You know, talking about in the future too. Um, it, during a bullish environment, they're like, yeah, sell the cash secure put for like a year out. Like, you know, the market just only goes up anyway. Oh, you know, the 2020, 2022 was just a fluke uh, because they raised rates and blah, 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 and inflation happened because of the stimulus and stuff. That was just a fluke. But this is going to happen again. And, you know, that's part of the reason why I'm not a huge fan of like people saying, oh, the stock market just goes up, just buy stocks. Like, it's, it's like so. It's so hard to do, right? Like we're in that moment right now where you're supposed to be doing that, but it's hard. It's like, when is this gonna stop? And no one really knows. The sentiment has to shift. Inflation has to show that it's slowing down. Unemployment, surprisingly, has to show that it's going up because the, our last unemployment numbers were actually really good. But that just means that the Fed will continue to raise rates because not enough people are hurting. So that's like the that's like the narrative that's happening right now. Um, so good news is officially bad news uh, in my eyes, and then you know we'll see how TSMC starts to you know lead the way with the chips reporting like next week and for the rest of the month. Um, I'm excited. You know I'm gonna be streaming every Tuesday. We've had good turnouts, great questions asked too on the stream Twitch.tv/RealThetaGang. Saw a friend that you know I sold cards to during the quarantine, and he came in asked a question about like a firm or some fintech company. That company's not doing so hot. Gave him a few tips on how it's in the dead zone, like below IPO price. You know, never. I don't like being under the IPO price. That 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 stuff is scary to me. But anyway, um, had yeah. Yeah, I had tons of fun today at the jiu-jitsu tournament. I'm pretty tired. You could kind of hear it in my voice. I was like yelling, uh, like telling people, like, get up, go, go, go. Um, but yeah, uh, glad I got the time to record. Um, let me see, anything Anything else? No, I mean, I think, I think that's it. I did some API stuff um, for the website, but that was more for, for one, of the, one of my favorite patrons. Um, and uh, yeah, more changes are coming soon. Uh, pretty sure it's gonna be for more metrics about stocks to help better gauge of, you know, did they make money in the last like four quarters? You know, are they trending up in cash flow? I'm still uh, doing that sort of uh, feature. Um, I'm just really making sure that it makes sense because I think I've implemented several things for particular like the specific stock page like if you go search up a symbol on thetagame.com I've added a lot of features there but I've also removed a lot of features from there because it just never felt right I'm trying to get it right um, getting a system down so I can iterate and make changes that will stay because I'm just I usually just don't end up happy with it enough for it to stick 
but um, I'm working on a solution right now that I think looks really cool, at least to me, um, but just still working on that. As for the rest of this week, um, it looks like futures are down. Stocks, stocks do trade tomorrow. Uh, the stock market is open on Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, futures are down about half a percent. We'll see if you know that even matters. We had a really, really red day on Friday, um, but we'll see. Maybe Monday's a continuation day, and then Tuesday's a face-ripping rally. No one knows. Um, I'm gonna quickly just look up patrons' names here. I'm gonna get this done in one take. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to Arfman, Avrilian, BJ, Camp, Camp, Big Money, RL, uh, Chicken Dinner, Empty Canes, Fancy Wolf, Froggy Fresh Trades, Grandpa95, Jay Z, and Kaput, Lazy Reservist, Leo Jetson, Lord, Scor Lord Skeletor, Maestro XC, Maltman856, McFly, Mememet, M. Hayden, Mike D, Mitch Brady, Simon, Mods, Mr. Integrity, Pastor Bedtime, Rooster, Rustier, Seneca, Shifty. Um, slow motion, statistically random, symmetrics, the gesture, theater rate, upstream puddle, Vlad TC, and Ensis88. Thank you all for listening. Uh, have a great week, and I'll see you guys and girls on Tuesday. Thank you, and bye-bye.